Alright, what's up everybody? This is Ametz and B-Pimp here for the Whiskey Sessions podcast. We are happy to be with you. Hopefully everything is humming on iTunes. And if you haven't yet, uh, leave us a review there. And of course, give us five stars. Just do it and then we'll prove to you that we earned it as right. we go along. But trust us. We'll- no, yeah, you gotta, you gotta give us the review first mm-hmm. and then we put in the work. Yep. Uh, so the whiskey we are trying today is Monkey Shoulder, which is a scotch from Scotland, mm-hmm. and it's, um, what else can I tell you about We're going to do a little taste test of it. They told, one thing I would like to point out is they do say, don't be a drunken monkey on the back right, of the bottle. Right, drink responsibly. So we can't be drunken monkeys. It, it tells you what the taste and the nose is on the back. It says mm-hmm. the taste is mellow vanilla with spicy hints. Mm-hmm. And the nose is zesty orange, vanilla honey, and spiced oak. So uh, let's see if that holds true. I'm tasting the vanilla mm-hmm. a little bit. It's good. It is good. I'm not noticing the orange in the, in the nose. No. It. I don't um, have a refined uh, nasal... Well, if you would call it that. And you know, the problem is it's winter in Chicago, mm-hmm. which I don't know about you, for me, means about four consecutive months of not having a strong sense of smell right. and being slightly stuffed up. Yeah. Plus I smoke, so that doesn't help. Right. So perhaps the the note of orange is there, and I'm not detecting it, but it's not strong enough. So. Oh, you know what? Wasn't the team on Legends of the Hidden Temple Orange Monkeys? That might be... Was that Nickelodeon? Yeah. yeah. Was it Orange Monkeys? I think it might have been Orange Barracudas. Now that I'm... See, all those Nickelodeon shows I saw brief bits of. Mm-hmm. Just because... And I, not to give my sob story already, but I didn't grow up with cable. Oh, okay. Well, that's better for you. It, I, I don't know. <laughs> because I was all I was doing was watching this nonsense. But so, so the great thing is like when I you know went over to a friend's house... Who had cable, which of course was all my friends, because everybody had cable, <laughs> mom and dad, but not us. Um, you know, it'd be good to watch some of those Nickelodeon shows. Yeah, so it was like a, it was like a treat, right? Rather than just being something that was there, something that, you couldn't just take for granted, right? Because you never knew when you were just gonna be forced to go back home to your parents who didn't get cable and watch Zoom. Yeah. On Channel 11 or something. No, we didn't get cable <laughs> until, yeah, I watched a whole lot of, like, Wishbone on PBS. That was good. Yeah, Did you watch good. Ghost Rider? Uh, no. That was good. I don't remember that. I watched, yeah, I remember Wishbone, kind of, and then a whole lot of Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego. Oh, yes. That was good. I wish... A plus. I wish I could have been on that show. Mm-hmm. And actually, Maggie and I, my wife, met somebody... Who had been on that show as a kid. But she didn't say much about it other than... I think it was recorded in Brooklyn. Did you get her to sign something? Because I would have asked her to sign something. I should have. Was Wishbone a detective dog? Kind of. Or am I combining multiple shows? Wasn't it like a beagle or something that was a detective? Yeah, it was was a beagle or a Jack Russell or something like that. Uh Uh-huh. And it... The dog would like give history lessons to the kids. Oh, okay. And so then they more... would shoot, like, historical... They'd be part of the show, and the dog would play some main character. Okay, so it wasn't a detective. It was mostly just morals from history, okay. if I remember. But Is there um, is there a show where there was a dog that's a detective? 
Or am I just completely... I think you are wishing for a show that you're going to have to write yourself. <laughs> okay. I'll get started on that immediately. I mean, I'm sure it would do well. I could just call it The Dog Detective. You don't have to get fancy with that kind of premise. No. I mean, it's a dog that's... Well, what kind of dog do you think would make the best type of detective? St. Bernard. I agree with that. My only problem with having a St. Bernard they be get prominent... They get drunk? <laughs> well, they bring the booze to people. Well, yeah, there's that. <laughs> but you already have Beethoven. Oh, yeah. So you'd have to... It has to be a dog that hasn't been used too much before. I was going to say Chihuahua, but they're used all the time. There's the Beverly Hills Chihuahua movies. Yeah, those are good. Yeah. Otherwise, I could use Chavo as my inspiration, but... Well, I gotta say, I mean, even The Simpsons has a Greyhound. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't look like a Greyhound, really. No, it doesn't. It looks like a... It's like tan, which, I don't know. Yeah. Are there Greyhounds that color? Kind of. I don't feel like... Yeah, it's like a tan brown, which I yeah. don't see that much of Greyhound. And it looks too short. Yeah, me. it looks kind of small. I think a real live Greyhound. I, well... I you want to do a live action Greyhound detective? I think so. Okay. The problem is, I'm not sure Greyhounds are one of the easier dogs to train. Oh, yeah. For television or movies. CGI. They could do a CGI Greyhound. This is this show is starting to add up. It's really cost wise. It's yeah, the budget. You know, it might be a little hard for me to get a network to outlay this kind of cash. You could do it. I can go to Netflix though. They're paying. They paid. They just paid Dave Chappelle like sixty million for three specials or something like that. What? Yeah. So. Oh, I didn't know about that. They got that. money to burn. So huh. if I go there with a uh, Dick, just, the, Dick the Greyhound detective, <laughs> what? Well, <laughs> okay, so he's doing just like three stand-up specials? I think, I believe so. I may be exaggerating on the number. I'm not 100% certain. I know it's in the 20 plus million. Oh. Doesn't he currently only have two stand-up specials? Or are there well, more? Oh, well, he's got an HBO comedy half hour that was widely distributed. Oh, okay, okay. He's got Killing Him Softly, which is like the classic great yeah. one. And then what's the... Black Party? One. No, not Black Party. I, he had one that was in, I think, like San Francisco. Isn't that the HBO comedy half hour one? No, it was after Killing Him Softly. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. I think I can't think another of it. like standalone special. Yeah. Huh. Well, good for him. But we're burying the lead here. What about the, de- the detective? <laughs> well, I'm thinking like who could he partner with on the show? And maybe it's Dave Chappelle. Oh, Dave Chappelle and the Greyhound Detective. And the CGI Greyhound Detective, yeah. Okay. I think it has legs. I think so. Yeah, Greyhounds have long legs. For dogs. (laughs) (laughs) So this is basically just pending, like, getting a written proposal over to Netflix, and then we're going to start. Right. I don't know if we should tell Dave Chappelle about it first, because if you get him on board saying, hey, I need to take part of the money you're owing me to make a CGI Greyhound for the show... I don't see how Netflix says no. Right. Yeah, exactly. But I, I uh, think it's promising. No, I think it's promising, too. That that will be... Keep an eye out for that for two, 2017. What what better way to introduce people to this podcast than <laughs> that, an idea of that caliber? But speaking of 2017, let's talk about 2016. Okay. Which is wrapping up and has been... I mean, if you take it all together... Maybe the shittiest year of all time. At least in my 30 years of existence. Yeah. It's uh, it's been eventful. Almost exclusively in a terrible way. Mm-hmm. 
and it's made me question everything about my life. Yep. <laughs> if I should continue living everything here. about myself and the people around me. Yeah. Who I thought I loved. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no, it's it's for us, uh, whiskey sessions. It's, I mean, we put out our EP, mm-hmm. the start of our podcast. Um, so what you're saying is, for us, it's been a big up arrow. But for, like, everyone else, it's been, like, a giant down arrow? Yes. So we're being selfish. Uh, that's possible. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, I mean um, we put out our EP in May, and now that this podcast is going up in December, it's, uh, I think it's a good opportunity for us to look back at the year that was 2016. Yep. So that is the subject of our top five the most, the five biggest stories of 2016. Some of these are good. Most of these are probably bad. Uh, and I would like to clarify, I did almost no research on this topic. So none. It, I'm going to miss, I bet my five are like, you wouldn't even put them in the top 50. <laughs> well, here's the thing though. I mean, because we didn't do any research and we do very, just so you know, ahead of time on these top fives, we do so little research. But I think the most important thing about 2016, like major stories is... You're just going with the five stories that you remember the most. Yeah. Which, wouldn't those be the biggest five stories? Yes, you're right. If they're, you know, sticking with you this whole time. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, all of the things that I mentioned in the top five stories of 2016 actually happened in 2016. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they did. Yeah, let's uh, let's talk about our top five stories for 2016. While we say goodbye to this shitty, shitty year, this is our top five. More than four, less than six, it's the top five. So for the um, the top stories of 2016, colon, the shit year. The shittiest year of all shit time. I'm going to go with uh, Brexit. Brexit's your number five. Number five. See, I should have put Brexit on there. I think because I'm not British, I don't really think about it much. Well, that's why I put it five, because I think it's a huge story. Well, and you know what it was... It was like one of those things where I think a lot of British people didn't expect this to actually happen. Mm-hmm. And it was an indication of things to come. Yes. It's like, oh, this can happen. Yeah. What else could possibly happen that would be terrible? There may, be, may or may not be something else on our list <laughs> that mirrors that. Yes. But I think it tells you. I think it tells you that uh, you can live somewhere and th- i mean the united states is huge so it's not like we could be in touch with like every area no of course and, not. and i try to like not just think the way i think is the right way and i try to expose myself to different viewpoints and all that but you still can't really put yourself in somebody's shoes no you know so it's i think it's one i think it just goes to show that the people trying to predict this stuff in britain were flabbergasted right by the vote and you know it's kind of like it's almost like a self-destructive move in a way i mean just because of the stability aspect of it it could end up working out for them i don't know but it it's just we'll seems see. like one of those things that is very risky you yeah know? i just i love like it's so nice that the eu exists mm-hmm. it makes traveling through europe much easier right and um i'm finding that apparently, according to my brother, and I, I confirmed this with the, the Lithuanian website, I have, if I want to seek out dual citizenship, I can. Oh, nice. Which is, you know, to be a dual Lithuanian citizenship would be, you know, kind of cool in and of itself. But the great thing is, 
Lithuania is part of the EU, uh-huh. which I have to look up exactly what that would mean if I was able to get dual citizenship, but I can't imagine there wouldn't be some benefit maybe I could get. Well, you could move there without having to go through... Right? Just without having to go through immigration and how many Hassles, right? I mean, that's the number one thing I would imagine. Yeah, and then, then I could live in France. No, I don't speak any French. Well, I could live in Spain. If you just even speak English louder, terrible. most people that, that works. Yeah, because yeah. then they're like, "Oh God, this person is yelling at me. I better figure out what the hell they're talking." Or about. like the Netherlands. I mean, if I lived in, if we moved to Amsterdam, everybody there speaks English, right? So that would not be a problem. Yeah, I feel like most of the rest of the world is more educated than we are. Um, right. It does seem that way. They sometimes. they learn English in like <laughs> kindergarten. Yeah. Even though they don't need I mean they don't really need to. They're just like, you should know this. <laughs> yeah. When and I here was... we're just like, we speak the we speak English. We speak the king's language. No, when I went to Dubai it was everybody spoke English. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like a problem at all. Like all of my taxi drivers did. Like I don't speak any Arabic no. like, at all. But um it was a breeze. It was like the most for not an English first country, it was the best English speaking country I've been to. The UAE, probably. Okay. I went through a that phase. And the Netherlands. I went through a phase where I um I wanted to learn Arabic because I thought I would be I was going to become a CIA agent. Yeah. Which was short lived once I looked up you know learning Arabic <laughs> and how complicated it is. Just the script, like ooh. <laughs> I'm like I don't know if I have the time to dedicate to this yeah. right now. This is gonna take a long time. It's still like it's still in the back of my mind as a potential long term goal, but I don't think when I'm 40 it's gonna be easy to just like jump over to CIA no. operative. <laughs> um, so I don't know about that. But. I do wish I had like a second language down though. Yeah. Like I have some Spanish. But... I can understand. Sp- I can watch Spanish television. That's good. Yeah, I can like, follow it. I've gotten to the point where I feel like my Spanish is so bad that I don't think it's going to improve much, like, by itself. So I think now it's just like, I'm going to make sure our future children can definitely speak Spanish. Yeah, you teach them right away. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you, you before you even go to school, you're going to have Spanish lessons. Yeah. I'm only buying you toys with Spanish script on them. <laughs> Alright, my number five is I didn't really have like a specific story, but just the Olympics in general. There were some interesting things that happened, like the gymnastics team like cleaning up for the U.S. Uh, that whole weird Ryan Lochte oh, yeah. is obviously a douchebag. That, that fake was the headline robbery. Yeah. yeah. So Although, I will give him credit for being smart for getting out of the country immediately. <laughs> yeah. He was the only one who was like, uh, I'm going to fly back. But that was, like, one of the most telling things was just a lot of people came up with excuses for him, like, oh, you know, he's just a kid. Like, he is 32 yeah, years he's old. older than us. He's older than us. And he's such a dipshit. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think that's widespread. Yeah. That kind of... I mean, it doesn't help that... I think there's some people who have that in them, and then maybe, like, he was successful. Like, he's a really good athlete. Right. But then he has money and endorsements and fame. So then I think it reinforces those inbred, or those tendencies. Yeah. And they just become more and more gross. But <laughs> it was it was also kind of nice to see Michael Phelps kick some ass again. Yeah. He was good. He and was better in this s- Olympics than he was in the last Olympics. Yeah. And he did they had that awesome thing where he was like staring that guy down. Oh, yeah. That was great. Which was... <laughs> I'm so glad he won after that. Yeah. I was just watching like, what is he doing? He looks so mad. He looks so pissed off. He was even able to use that 
moment. For like, a commercial. For future uh, commercials with the Big Bang Theory The guy. terrible commercial with... <laughs> what's his name, worst. Jim Parsons or something? Yeah. Yeah, that's a bad commercial. My mother-in-law loves that show. I... She'll have to explain it to I liked the <laughs> I liked the first couple seasons. Yeah. I did think it was funny. But then what happened after it, I'm like, I can't even watch it. Like, I can't even watch a rerun anymore. Yeah. It just doesn't... The show's been on the air forever, too. I don't know, it? yeah. They make a lot of money. Somebody's doing something right, I guess. And they live in the same apartment. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make any sense. No. All right, what's all. your uh, number four? Number four, I'm going to go with um, the Dakota Access Pipeline. Oh, I didn't even think about that. That's a big one. The reason I want, uh, the reason I have that on there is I'm impressed with the fact that they actually accomplished something. That it with gives their protesting. Like some hope to humanity. Yeah, like they actually succeeded with what they were trying to do. Yeah, and the government said, you know what, we're gonna go look elsewhere. Yeah, and because it's just, they it's, should have from the beginning, but whatever. Of course, I mean it's like one of those things you just like over the course of our history. To begin to even, like, describe the kind of atrocities we've committed to, like, the Native people. Oh, yeah. Can't even do it. And to have even this issue be so difficult as to, like, there's a serious risk of if anything happened to the pipeline, their water would be poisoned. And we couldn't even, like, I don't know. But, yes, I'm very glad that that worked out. Yep. It was a big social media thing. Yeah, that somebody started doing the check-in. Yeah. So it looked like they couldn't tell who was there. Yeah, I wonder how, like, effective that was. But I, I had, like, tons of people that I know did that. Yeah. Um, just hearing about, like, some locals and maybe, like, some police authority, like, bringing over dogs and just... That was a really shitty situation, but it actually seems like it may have worked out. Yeah. My only fear is with that, that, like... Like, there's follow-ups, you know? Right. Like, people don't just be like, oh, we accomplished it, and then some sneaky shit happens when no one's paying attention right. anymore. They're like, hey, if we tell them they're, they're, they won, they're going to leave. And yeah. then we could do whatever Turns we want. Turns out they moved the pipe over, like, ten feet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not funny, but it is. Like, it's because that... It seems like a joke, but it'll probably happen. Yeah, well, because, like, the other thing is... The Flint water thing, and this wasn't in my top five, although it was another issue... It's just no one talks about that anymore. No. It's like it wasn't resolved. No. But, yeah, you can't just forget about things. That's what seems to happen, though. Yeah. It's no longer the biggest story, so then it's just like... Yeah. Gets accepted. My number four is the Pulse nightclub shooting. Yeah, it was rough. Yeah, I don't know what to say about that. I mean, if you've ever... It was rough for a lot of reasons. I am pretty anti-guns in general. Yeah. And I don't know how many things have to happen before we actually, like, do anything about it. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I'll just leave it at that. If it was up to me, and I'm not saying that this will obviously ever happen, but if it actually was up to me, I would just get rid of the Second Amendment completely. Yeah. But, you know, it's important because when the NWO takes over, if you don't have guns, you can't defend yourself. The NWO? Yeah, the New World Order. Oh, okay. (laughs) The reptilians. (laughs) Right. Because they're going to come take... They're going to take over, and if all you have is, like, a broom, what are you going to do? True. Uh, so, I don't know. I, I feel like the way our society approaches guns is, like, some weird kind of, like, poison. I don't even know how to explain it. Yeah, it's weird. It's yeah. very odd. The other thing that is, is interesting to me, I mean, that was a terrible event um, that occurred, but 
the thing that stuck out to me about that that was interesting was the first jump by the. I was actually I was at um, Lisa's sister's wedding that weekend, and so I woke up in the hotel room on that Sunday morning and was watching this like mm-hmm. for like hours coverage on NBC, and they jumped right to ISIS because that was. Because the gentleman who, well, I don't know if I want to call him a gentleman, the guy who perpetrated the crime right. had an Arabic background. I think he was Egyptian. Um, I'm not 100% certain. But he, they assumed that it was related to that. Because oh, yeah. he, like, declared, he yelled something about it when he did the crime or something like that. But then at the end of the day, when it came out, he wasn't affiliated with them at all. No, he wasn't at It was all. a hate crime. It was, like, what didn't he declare? It's just an excuse. Right, right, to be exactly. An asshole. Yeah, pretty much. But so yeah. it was, it was messed up. But that, you know, I thought, I thought that part was interesting as far as like from what we can learn for news. Yes. Going forward, yeah. number. Th- oh, oh, go ahead. What's your I was going to go with number three. Um, I'm going to say number three is Prince passing away. Yes, that's essentially my number three as well. I kind of lumped it in with David Bowie. Okay. So I just said. Number three stories being pop stars dying. Yeah. I was bummed out because um, Prince is a musical, like, jack of all trades. Like, he's just... His his catalog is so entertaining. He plays... He's a guitar shredder, which you wouldn't expect. He, people forget he that. Is, he is really good. Or he was. Yes. Sorry. He's dead now. Yeah. That's why it's number three. That's why it's number three <laughs> on this list. But he, I think the good part is for... Like, he made... He has a legacy. Like, he had a complete musical career. Like, he was still young. Like, you know, he could have had 20 more years of being successful. Yeah. Musically, but he at least he was able to have such a good career and success that, you know, if you're looking for a silver lining, I guess, he no one will ever, no one's ever going to be able to go, ah, you know, he had a lot of potential, but I never really saw what he did. Yeah, I mean, at least he died in his 50s and not in his, like, 20s. Right. But, I will say... I do like Prince has such a huge catalog too. It is kind of like Prince has a lot of great tracks, but also a lot of like bad tracks. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. But there's something redeeming even in the ones that like. I think, Bat Dance is like my favorite. Oh, like, yeah. bad Prince song. Did he perform that on SNL? I think with like, Batman themes. That I don't know. I think he I would did. love to see that, but like the music video is great. It's essentially like two songs kind of mashed together. But it's, if you have never heard Prince's Bad Dance, and this is, by the way, this is for the soundtrack of the first... Tim Burton Batman? Tim Burton Batman. So, like, probably... 89. 89. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, go ahead, watch the music video for Bad Dance. You will not be disappointed. It's, like, bad, but it's, like, bad in a really, like, interesting way. There's even samples from the movie in the song. It feels, like, bad and at times lazy. I heard it was, like, he had a different song in mind oh and got shot down i think it got shot down for whatever reason like maybe just like thematically or mood wise it wasn't quite um uh, what they wanted yeah but so i think he wrote bat dance like really quickly and you can tell (laughs) so you said it was like a mashup so it was like a precursor to mark ronson and bruno mars (laughs) yeah by 25 years or something like that exactly they owe everything to prince but a lot of people owe a lot of things to prince well, especially Bruno Mars. Yeah, seriously. He's, he's kind of like, I don't want to say he's the next prince, but when I think of people who are super active, great performers, and about five feet tall, 
those two people <laughs> had a comment. Yeah, I don't know if there's anyone else that fits into that. Yeah. Mickey so, Rooney? <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Mickey Rooney. Those two and Mickey Rooney. <laughs> um, What's your number two? Number two for me is Donald Trump being elected the President of the United States. That's your number two? That's my number two. I refuse to put it number one. Oh, okay. For, for personal reasons. <laughs> for personal reasons. Um, I think it's one of like it's one of the things in my life that I never thought I would actually see happen. No. I actually spent time sitting and contemplating if it was happening or if I if I was on some kind of elongated acid trip or I don't know what was going on. It was the worst night ever. It was so bad. I thought the SNL sketch where they where Dave Chappelle and uh, Chris Rock were like with the white people in New York and they were like spending the whole night going oh yeah this is you know whatever state but it's okay they expected that and like and just as it went on they were like you underestimated white people. <laughs> I thought that was perfect but it's not funny because it's awful and um not to get too much into it, but I just... Like, the fact that there was a Simpsons episode, like, 15 years ago that made fun of the fact that he might be president. Yeah. And then it happened. I don't know that I, I need to say anything else about it. Oh, I don't know. But I became, that night, very disappointed in the upper Midwest. Yeah. Oh, boy. And just white people in general. Just, like, seeing the splits of how white people I know is appalling. It's ridiculous. Yeah, but, golden... Silver lining. Okay. Golden lining for Trump. Right. Yeah, he doesn't do silver. No. What are you, nuts? Sil silver? Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. I want gold. He will flame out so badly. I hope so. But he will. I, if he doesn't, then, I'm, then I don't know what's happening in the world anymore. But I already don't know what's happening in the world anymore. I, yeah. I, I have decided to stop making predictions. About oh, I'm going to make more. Because <laughs> I, I don't way. know. People already have voted for him, so... But think, it wasn't a representative vote. How many people turned out? It wasn't like 50% of the... It was... It wasn't that low. Oh, okay. It was lower, I think... I mean, they were still counting votes, so I, I could still be wrong. I think it was slightly lower than the last two elections, but it was higher than like 2000 and oh, okay. I think 2004. Yeah. Um, and I know he lost the popular vote, which is, I guess, the silver lining. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't really matter, though. But really, he should have finished with like 10%. Because, well, yeah. No, honestly, yes, he should have. But the thing, you know, you have to give some credit in the fact that he obviously went about it in a way that allowed him to win. Like, he... Right. He was, you know, there was a lot of people making fun of him about which states he was targeting and what his strategy was. But at the end of the day, what he did is what allowed him to win. So it's like, okay, yeah, I think it's ridiculous. I think, I can't understand how a rational person would vote for him, honestly. No. I don't. If you have any rationality, I don't understand how you could do it. But at the same time, if you think that the other option is totally against everything about what you th what you need to succeed as a human being, then I, I guess I can understand somebody just going, "Eh, I'm yeah. gonna try." So I guess enough people felt that way. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to say about that. Uh... Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> My number two yep. is the Cubs winning the World Series. Oh, okay. Which was only enjoyable for about five days. <laughs> <laughs> but I uh, I went to a bar, um, a well, outside Wrigleyville, but in Chicago, uh, just because, at least in Chicago, it was hard to find a bar that you could even get into. 
the one of the big stories was if you were in Wrigleyville, bars in the area were charging like exorbitant cover prices, like right. one hundred, yeah. two hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. I think the Cubby Bear, which is it's a huge bar, kitty corner from Wrigley Field, was charging a hundred dollars. Yeah, which if you've ever been to Cubby Bear. It's not worth a hundred dollars. <laughs> John Barleycorn, I think, also was like two fifty or something. Oh, like Jesus that. Christ! And it was like all of those Wrigleyville bars. If you haven't been to Chicago, are just like that neighborhood is awful to be in. Yeah, I mean, unless you really like getting just blackout drunk. And yeah, then it's happens, great. Then it's, then it's, then it's your habitat. Yeah, then it's great. But was it, I, I went to a bar with some friends and Maggie, uh, just I get probably like three or four miles away from Wrigleyville, and it was. It was crowded, but, like, not so crowded that we couldn't, you know, make it to the bar to get a mm-hmm. drink. And just the joy there was incredible. And that game was incredible. Yeah. And like, in the eighth inning when they tied it up, like, one of my friends who's a longtime Cubs fan was just so, like, like, of course this would happen. Of course the Cubs. <laughs> you, 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 of course this is going to happen to the Cubs. <laughs> and then just... Going into extra innings, and then of course there was a rain delay. Yep, that's what I would have done. You, ne- <laughs> you never like the rain delay. I think only lasted like fifteen or twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. But uh, I remember both Maggie and my friend Trey like were like sitting at that point, like on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> they were just like, oh, I'm tired. And I remember Maggie saying, "If this rain delay doesn't finish in ten minutes, I'm going home." Yeah. And I remember just looking at her, being like. No, no, you're not. <laughs> you're not going home. I legitimately went to bed during it. Like, that I can understand. If you're already, like, I was sitting at your right home, here. if you're yeah. already at your home, like, whatever, go to bed. Yeah. But, like, we're at a bar with 200 other people. Yeah. Uh, maybe not quite that many. But, like, it, at this point, we're sticking it out. You're in. You're, yeah, we're here. Your... We're not going home early. It's just your hand. the joy of them winning. And who, was it Chris Bryant who picked up the last uh, ground ball? I don't remember. I wasn't bad. I think he did. I think I saw the play. I know it was an out at first because Rizzo had the ball. Yeah. I don't remember who fielded it. I thought it was Russell. Wasn't it to shortstop? Uh, I think it was Chris Bryant. I could be wrong. There. I don't know. But, uh, yeah. I, I feel bad if I'm totally wrong. Eh, but it was, uh, he picked it up Sammy with Sosa. such like... <laughs> Sammy Sosa picked up the ball. <laughs> but as he was... Because they showed the replay in slow-mo so many times that as the ball was coming to him, he already had a smile on his face. Yeah. And then, like, collapsed as he threw it to first. Yeah. Um, the Cubs winning was... I was... I'm a White Sox fan. Right. Since growing up, you know, my dad is a huge White Sox fan. He's... he's He doesn't like the Cubs. He's one of... He's, like, one of the White Sox fans who... His identity as a White Sox fan is somehow linked to also being against the Cubs. Which I right. don't... You know, there's people that that's how their fandom like is, and yeah. that's fine. Mine is, I like baseball so much mm-hmm. that I don't hate the Cubs. I watch the Cubs almost as much as I watch the White Sox. Mm-hmm. I follow both teams I always have. Um, and so for me, I have close friends and I have family members who are lifelong Cubs fans. I was happy for them. Like, yeah. as long as they're not playing the White Sox, I don't, I'm never going to root against them. You know what I mean? But so, it, yeah, that's what I, that's what stuck with me is that I was just happy for a lot of people. It's just won. crazy that it was 108 years. Yeah, it is. And I got a, the opportunity to, because I work close to downtown, I kind of snuck away for a little bit and 
Um, I didn't go to, like, the thick of the parade, but I did go downtown to, like, as the parade was gathering to see, like, just the people around. And there were so many goddamn people downtown. It's mm-hmm. not like weed, too. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, hey, you gotta have fun. Yeah. But it was, like, that kind of, like, just joy. I hope there's some other events in our lifetime where I can see that because, yeah, no, that was great. It was great to be a part of that. I mean, I'm from Seattle, and I like the Cubs and I like the White Sox, but you know they don't hold like any kind of place in my heart. But just to see right. like that kind of jubilation from people that have waited forever. It was similar when the White Sox won in '05. I mean, oh yeah, because it would it had been a long time for the for the White Sox and. They're, you know, they don't have the same level of national um, cachet that the Cubs do. So there right. wasn't as much of a... But um, still, it was huge. It was huge. And plus, they swept the Astros. Like, they got there, and then they just dominated the World Series. So oh, it was yeah. so awesome. The way the White Sox went through the playoffs that year. Yeah, they like, lost one game, I believe. Really the whole playoffs impressive. to the yeah. Red Sox. Um, or maybe the Angels, I think. Yeah, the Cubs made it look... They, like... They had that some, was suspenseful. Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah. And that's, I mean, honestly, part of the reason I went to bed during the um, rain delay is, I, one, I was tired. I had to get up and work the next day. But I was getting so fed up with Joe Buck um, because he harps on these just non-stories. He doesn't know what he's talking about when it comes to baseball. He should leave it to the analysts. He's he not good always, at baseball. No. He always gets these ideas in his head, which is like, as a casual fan... He doesn't understand, like, Joe Madden is one of the most forward, um, like, advanced statistics managers in baseball. Yeah. So he's not doing things at the level that you know, so you should not be commenting on it. You should be doing the play-by-play and let John Smoltz comment on the baseball stuff. And it just drives me nuts. It was at the point where, like, I couldn't sit there and watch it anymore. Yeah. So I had to go, like, I was like, I'm done with it. I don't want to hear. It was mostly about how they brought John Lester in. And they were just upset about it because they took out Kyle Hendricks. It's like, he had a plan going into this game. They yeah. won all these games this year with his plans. You really think at the, at the last minute you're just going to go, eh, why don't you do it how I like it? <laughs> I, it just drives me nuts. Yeah. And I couldn't do it anymore. But it was a great it was a great um, postseason overall, yeah. too. And, you know, a lot of people have made arguments like, was that the greatest baseball game of all time? I no. Mean, it's like, it depends on how you think about it. But... It was a great Game 7 in the World Series. It was great. Yeah. It was more great because it was the Cubs ending that streak. And the Indians have, have a long streak, too, of not winning a World Series. Right. So it was even doubly suspenseful because both, you could see from both sides how joyful they would be. I mean, the Indians still reap benefits from that because they're going to get so much more extra revenue. Right. That that will help them going forward. But it almost it's, it's almost like just thinking of it as... From their perspective, it's gonna suck. Like if you're an Indians fan, you get That's that tough. close, you know. Yeah, my Maggie's dad is from Cleveland. Oh, okay. And I mean, he's not like. I think he actually would be happy either way, but it would be nice to see the Indians, especially because they they had some good teams in the '90s. Oh yeah, that just didn't dominating teams. I think they, they went to the World Series twice, right? Yeah, they lost to the. Braves, when the Braves won their only World Series in the yeah. 90s, and they lost to the Marlins. Marlins, that's right, yeah. Levon Hernandez, Marlins. Oh, yeah. Didn't he just, like, come over from Cuba, like, the day before? <laughs> yeah, before <laughs> the World Series. I'm here. I'm here, I'm ready to go. <laughs> yeah. Let's get going. Let's get cracking. All right, no, what's, your, really good, though. what's your number one? It was the Cubs. <laughs> oh, the yeah, series. Okay. So we talked about that. So we so we just covered that. So and we need I, to go to your number my one. My number one is Trump. <laughs> 
And I don't want to talk anymore about that. I don't, I don't either. <laughs> so. I think the best thing we could do is to show our disdain. We could just end it. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'll say this for Donald Trump. Fuck him. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I'll say this for him. His hair is really nice. Yeah, really nice. I really hair. like his hair. No, I, I would like to say one thing. Because uh-huh. in one... It, no, there's two things that happened during this campaign that give me endless joy and it's because of him so i'm gonna give him credit okay one is the clip of him with the charts when he's talking about how his hands are really strong so he can hold up charts <laughs> i if you haven't seen it he basically was like holding a chart and then he was ta- i don't think he knew he was on camera or he i mean he must always know he's on camera but like he was yeah. talking like casually with the people in the press corps uh-huh. and he's just like these charts, you gotta have really strong hands to hold up these charts. He was just bragging about how strong his hands are. And he was just holding a chart. Yeah. Like, that level of, I don't even know what to say about that. I don't think I need to say anything else. The other one that really impressed me, and mm-hmm. makes and I want to steal it for my life, is he go he, his comeback to, like, the reasoned arguments that Hillary Clinton was making against him <laughs> was to say that she started ISIS. <laughs> Which is genius. You just went, I'm not gonna really compete with you on facts. <laughs> I'm just going for, you started ISIS. Started so, ISIS. like, if yeah. anyone upsets me, I'm just going to go, you founded ISIS. I'm, <laughs> I'm using that as my as my comeback. Yeah. So, well, I would like to just, thank him for those two things. I, I, his, his whole campaign was just, like, adding to the fact that, like, oh, you can just say whatever. Yeah. he's Honestly, in a way, it's almost brilliant. Yeah. Because he realized that he like if you throw it's all it's the same way that like conspiracy um theorists operate and like um people that are like people that deny evolution and things like that when they go debate they just throw out so much crap that you can never deny it all so then the people that leave go oh wait i remember you said this about something and it sticks in their head and then they don't just nobody disproved it directly so it stays there yeah that's exactly what he did it was brilliant i don't know uh, and then he googled, what do I do now that I'm president? <laughs> like, yeah. that, like that meme said. And we'll see what he does. <laughs> we'll see what he does. Hopefully it's not the worst thing ever. I have a feeling like it's going to be awful. Like, it's going to be terrible. I think the whole thing is secretly uh, just a plan by the Republicans to make George Bush's legacy not look so bad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they were like, hey, he got a bad rap because Dick Cheney's <laughs> the devil. Yeah. So, so how do we make you not seem like the worst president we've ever had? We're going to get someone completely <laughs> unqualified who's a buffoon. Yeah. Perfect. We nailed it. Oh, he's <laughs> willing to do it? Okay, great. Yeah. So, yeah, it's going to be uh, an interesting 2017. I'm glad that we've now turned off half of our audience. <laughs> personally. Okay. I think that was what we should have tried to accomplish in our From first episode. From the get-go, Yeah. <laughs> So you're welcome. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so those are our top stories of 2016, and uh, I think that's going to do it for this episode of the Whiskey Sessions, but we want to thank you again for listening, and rate uh, and review. Rate and review if you have ideas for top fives. Again, we have a new Twitter feed, which is great. I don't know if you've heard of Twitter, but it's this website. You go on, you're a Twitter, and then you tweet, and you should at us. We are at Whiskey Sessions. We spell whiskey with an E in it. Yep. Um, whiskey sessions. Yes. So check us out there, or you can email us if you got longer thoughts than 140 characters at whiskey sessions music at gmail.com. And yep, we are should be on iTunes now. You so. can, or you can just tweet repetitively at us for like a whole day. 
Oh, yeah. You, you just want to like, go on a diatribe. We're okay with that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. I'll read them. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Thank you for listening. Uh, for Amets. And B-Pip. So long. Catch you on the flip side. Catch you on the flip side. Bye. Bye. Bye.